Hello, and we're finally back here on the Unbalanced Note podcast. I'm Brian Kluger, and it's just so great to be back. It's 2019. It's January. We're Tons of music news is happening. We're going to talk about a bunch of a bunch of music stuff. We we got our main event today: the Grateful Dead, the Dead itself. Uh, so let the drugs take effect. I am joined by the Ginger Ninja himself. He's made a ton of New Year's resolutions. I don't know if he's broken them yet. Jacob Douglas is in the house. I love those green beans, man. You love those green beans. We went to. Mockingbird Diner for lunch, and we both had chicken salad sandwiches. The chicken salad sandwiches made there have banana peppers in them, which is legendary. Yeah, who so doesn't who doesn't like banana peppers? I guess there's people out there that just don't like them. Idiots. Idiots. Fuck them. It's so bad. But he, Jacob also had the green beans, which could come with onions bacon. and tomatoes. No, there's no onions. It was tomatoes and bacon. Tomatoes and bacon. Yeah. So good. Dude, they were fucking good. He had delicious. some tater tots. <laughs> <laughs> I, that kid's meal, dude. I, <laughs> that kid's I had meal. the fucking kid's meal. You doing all right? I'm good, man. You're doing all right? You ready for this Grateful Dead thing? I, I elevated for this. You el- you are elevated, I'm sir. Up. Is it me or are these clouds moving? These clouds are moving. Uh, I have a question. So previous and previous podcasts, you said that you were not going to talk shit about other people. No, it's not, I said I was going to try to be nicer. And how's that working out for you these three weeks? So far, you- well, that's about to change here in the next hour and a half. <laughs> Not gonna be nice. Well, okay. It was. I. I'm gonna be nicer, but just to aimlessly shit talk about stuff like Post Malone again, the exception to the rule, stuff like that. But it's ter- it's terrible. Like how I just said, people that don't eat banana peppers, fuck them, idiots. Fuck yeah, them. yeah. They are idiots, but fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah. So I've I've been my New Year's resolution has been so far so good. Good, 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 good. Uh, what the hell was yours? I don't have any New Year's resolutions. That's the way to do it. Yeah. I'm an idiot for picking one, <laughs> right? Like if I just would have coasted through it, I would have... Well, co- I'm always wanting to lose weight, and I have lost a little bit of weight. So yeah. I've gone down two sizes, or is it four sizes? Four. 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 According to you, though, your math is I was a, little- a size 42, and now I bought size 38. That's four sizes. That four sizes. Okay. Well, four inches. I don't know. Two pant sizes, right? Well, because doesn't it? I don't fucking know. There's in between numbers, like yeah, there is in between numbers. Yeah. what are the in between numbers? Well, the odd numbers. Yeah, thirty-one, thirty-three. Okay. Yeah. What kind of question was that? I don't know. The numbers that aren't already listed. Those would be the in between <laughs> numbers. Holy shit! <laughs> Holy shit! You should. I'm not. I'm speechless. I'm. He's speechless. But we've got our M and M's. We've got our Godiva chocolates. We've got our organic Gatorade, and every cool. kind of fucking hair pie imaginable. Yes, there's hair pie of all, all multiple, various muffs. Are they all? <laughs> <laughs> that could be. That could be what we send your buddy right for the ryth- yes, for the rhythmic intro. That would intro. be great. Yeah, multiple muffs. Multiple muffs. <laughs> M M&M's. That's a fucking. That's a good band name. That is a great band it, name. You could use it as like Alice Cooper, right? Multiple muffs is the guy. Like, oh there's yeah. There's the main guy, he right? The main, yes. Yeah. I like this idea. Fuck yeah. Fuck no yeah. one steal that. Duh. Don't don't steal it if you're listening. Don't yeah. steal it. Just let us do it. Uh, we're on Boomstick Comics uh, on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Um, our first bit of news today, we were talking about this at lunch at Mockingbird Diner in Dallas. Go there for breakfast and lunch. Oh, yeah, that place. Yeah. 
Thank you for taking me there. You're welcome. Uh, Flight of the Concords announced a new album called Live in London, which goes alongside their recent HBO special. It is going to be on CD and vinyl March 8th. Uh, it's going to be two CDs and or three LPs, as well as digitally. I'm very excited, uh, Jermaine Clement and Brent McKenzie. <laughs> Jermaine. Uh, Jermaine. So, yes. I love that. them. I do. I love them too. Have like, they only had one or two albums, or just one? No, album? they've got three. Three? Mm-hmm. They've got like one's just self-titled. The other one's called "I Told You I Was Sexy." Yeah. And then I guess this is the third one. Well, it's the, it's the live one. Yeah, for sure. But oh, I guess live. It's, okay. But it's their new stuff, though. So. Yeah, new material. Yeah. They're not doing business socks. Yeah, they're, <laughs> it's business time. <laughs> there, man. I remember the first time I saw that show, and I just like that. The British Office and Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. Those are shows where when I, like I first watched them, I had to pause it. Or I would yeah. go back and instantly watch the joke again. Laugh, yeah, because you're laughing so hard, uncontrollably. Like I'm crying, <laughs> like crying watching the show. My business sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Everything they came up with, and and the flight of the Concords, their fucking super fan. You know that kind of dumpy right. weirdo chick yes. perp- elevates the show, and then Murray, Murray. Like if you, I think if you didn't have Murray, that show would be like ah, it's okay. But since he's in there. Yeah, he's the one who gets them into all the shit. Right. Like, without Murray, they would probably be successful. No, it's it's damn good. Which one? Am I, am I getting this wrong? It's Stephen Merchant, though, right? Is not Murray. No, no, he's not Murray, but he's the one of the managers, right? He he's he comes in and out. I don't yeah. exactly remember what he does. I'm trying to He's remember. hard to miss. Correct, correct. Well, he's tall as shit. Yeah, but it's weird, though, because he's not... I mean, they're New Zealanders. Right, right. He's British. British, yes. I guess they probably just like each other. Yeah. Same kind of humor. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. No, they're great. But yeah, new album, March. Can we expect it at Good Records? Oh, fuck yeah. We have. We always have that shit. Okay. They, I wanted, I've seen them live once before. It's just incredible. Three LPs, that's crazy. Dude, they're, they're, those guys are fucking like very... Intel, like you can obviously tell they're musicians. Like if you just watch Fly of the Concords, the things that they write, you're like, oh yeah, that's that's definitely how it goes. I mean, right, living in a that 123 square foot apartment. Yeah, right. Like, I mean, it's they, it's it's funny. Like nothing in it is really kind of made up. No, no, they're they're great at what they do. But yeah, expect that. I'm excited. Um, let's talk about this. How do you uh, like your worms? Let, let's talk about this, which is funny. Chris Brown arrested after rape accusation. Brown and two others were reportedly detained in Paris. I mean, how is this guy not in jail forever? Same with R. Kelly, dude. Like these, these I've got an R. Kelly story coming up. Career, so these guys have just been career nuisances. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. What did the, what's the best thing R. Kelly ever did? The fucking I Believe I Could Fly song? I mean... Space I guess, Jam. Spa, that's what I was to say. Space Jam overshadows the okay. song. But. No, but... but Yeah, we could live without it. We don't... They should have got rid of that guy. Put Lenny Kravitz Fly Away. Anything. Yes. Like, <laughs> Anything. it doesn't matter. Like, this dude... Fucking Chris Brown, man. Like, what a Sucks. chunk, dude. Uh, but so, that's, that's the thing with, like... That's why... If people just based taste on like popularity oh we, it would be 30 times worse than it is right now correct those which is then you have a whole world of chris brown right i mean dude that guy is fucking dog shit yes he is chris brown arrested after a rape accusation he is arrested we don't it, it won't stick it was in paris he'll probably never go back i don't know he sucks 
Moving on. Wait a minute. He was in Europe when this happened? Yes. Goddamn Europeans accept him? <laughs> Everybody. I thought he was just dumb Americans. Uh, you have no idea. Fuck, man. This is an, it's an international issue, isn't it? It is. It's ridiculous. Uh, move, moving on. Spotify news. There's a new Spotify feature that allows you to mute artists. Uh, toggle on the feature to block specific acts from showing up in your playlist, charts, radio, and your personal library. What do you think about this? That's, well, A, you know how much I love Spotify. Yes, you're the biggest fan. Can't, can't say enough good things about them. <laughs> do you that, think it's a good feature? No, it's a horrible feature. Because music, it might not hit you at the right, at the exact moment that it should. So if you just block an artist just because... I mean, unless you've got some, like, I would block R. Kelly on my fucking list. Yeah. You know what I mean? Chris Brown. Right. Any sort of mumble, Taylor Swift, mumble yes. shit. No, I probably wouldn't actually. Because, I mean, Taylor Swift at least, like, plays an instrument and writes her music. You know what yeah, I mean? I'm still out. But I'm saying she's a lot more talented than a fucking Chris Brown clown, dude. Correct. Like, come on now. But blocking it, just... Blocking out an artist as if like it never existed. If it, if, think of it this way: if you heard like a Grateful Dead song from like the '90s that's just not good, you right. know, because that 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 fucking train had run out of steam at that point. Correct. But you didn't hear like an earlier, you know, American Beauty or something like that, where it's like, dude, this is a fucking game changer, and you just block it. You never have a chance to fucking discover it ever Anything again. Anything else. Yeah. So it's just all you're doing is fucking pigeonhole. I can't believe a music service would even offer that, actually. Interesting. So it's interesting what it says. Spotify will prevent songs by that artist from being played, even though they might remain listed in many play, in any playlist. And it says the function is unable to track when an artist is featured on someone else's song. So it's the block uh, is currently available. Um, which is interesting. But Why? I, you think that's a good idea? No, because I, I, like you said, I like, let's say, yes, like you're, you're the perfect example. Like I fucking listened to this Grateful Dead song in the nineties. It sucked. I'm blocking them, but fuck, did you not know about all their other stuff? Yeah. I mean, look at, take a, take any Rolling Stones album from the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you go. Real, real fucking good. I yeah. mean, you've listened to that. You're like. Jesus Christ, no block. Like, what? Yeah. No, you're missing out. So I don't I don't really know about this. I just hope that maybe the, the artists themselves can tell or can see like, oh, fucking 5,000 people blocked me today. <laughs> like, that would be... What I don't do I think it's doing? really going to matter, though. I mean, I think doing that, though, too, I bet they... I mean, I would think maybe artists would even start to pull out from... Because that's a form of censorship. Well, this is happening because of R. Kelly and all that stuff. Yeah, but you so. can't, like, that's like how we always use the McDonald's reference of, like, if you order the 80 sandwiches, they're going to give them to you. Right. You know, like, you have to be responsible as a fucking listener, I guess, as cheesy as that sounds. Yeah. Like, if you just don't like an artist, that's fine. Just hit the next button. You know, but I agree. It's the same know, thing with weird, TV. I just would block R. Kelly, it. but I would also never probably listen to anything that shitty. To even send me down that road. Correct. So, I mean, like, I'm not going to Google the fucking little pump and just hit shuffle on Spotify ever. Yeah. So, no, there's not never many artists happen. I'd have to block. Right. Because I'm not even going to expose myself to them. It's weird. It's, it, I mean... Exposing it, it, yourself? Well, I mean, I guess you can block artists, 
Spotify completely removed R. Kelly stuff, like from their shit. But I mean, like, for to block, like, is it really that much of a nuisance for something to come up? You guys can't press. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Lazy fucking dumbass Americans, man. There you go. That's what it is. I want. I want it now. You want it now, right? And then fucking hit the button, right? Yeah. No, it's weird. Uh, moving on. It's not it, weird. It's become the norm. It's, well, it's annoying, the norm. Um, moving on. Interesting, interesting news because this is going to come up for me maybe soon. Uh, so basically, Erica Badu, Dallas native, uh, Erica Badu has come out in support of R. Kelly. She offers prayer for R. Kelly during her Chicago show. She says, I love you unconditionally. That doesn't mean I support your poor choices, but I love you. Offers prayer for him. Erica Badu has a new song she made for an upcoming movie called What Women Want, which is the remake female version of the Mel Gibson movie What Men Want, where a woman suddenly has the power to hear men's thoughts. Uh, Taraji B. Henshin stars in it, but Erica Badu it made the, did a song for the movie, and she's coming to Dallas to do interviews, and I might do that uh, with her, depending on if things work out. Actually, Jacob, I asked, I asked the PA people if I could go to Good Records and search records with her there. Yeah, dude. <laughs> but I've no, I mean, I've encountered her and talked to her numerous times. No, so correct, because I mean, I mean, she's here, but... After this, her coming in support of R. Kelly, basically, I wonder if she's actually going to do interviews because this will be a big topic for her because people have come out. Oh, of course she will. I mean, of course she will. So I would I would talk to her about it. I'd go, what exactly do you mean and what are you thinking? Well, like she said, she said somebody, I hope he sees the light of day if he's done all these things and we've seen on TV and heard those ladies talk about uh, she see, received mixed reaction. Like, I guess he's probably good friends with them, but, uh, yeah, but look, and, 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 I, and I get it. I, you know, I'm not, you're friends with somebody. You want to stick by them, you know, but there's like a lot of crazy shit. R. Kelly is accused there, of. There's a, there's a line. <laughs> yes, there is. And a that line. guy fucking blew past it. Petter ass yeah, a long time ago. 20 fucking years yeah. ago. Right. <laughs> Correct. So I would ask her, I would go, so you don't think anything at all should happen to him. You think he should just be able to go, Oh, I made a mistake and just carry on. That dude should be fucking either dead or in prison for the rest of his life. Correct. They got him fucking on video pissing <laughs> on a fucking 14-year-old. Yep. I'm like, if that doesn't get you put in jail. It didn't. Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> what in the fuck is happening? Like, should, He's got money. And Badu and fucking Chappelle are friends, right? And right. Fucking Dave Chappelle is like, dude, fuck that guy. No, I mean, absolutely. he gets it. Like... And I, I, people make mistakes, right? You don't accidentally fuck and piss on a 14-year-old girl. No, that is a conscious choice. <laughs> yeah, and, and then be dumb enough to, well, I don't even know if he videoed it, but whatever. Like, even when him and Aaliyah got married, right? They lied and said she was like 18 or no, so. No, she was super young. She was 15. Yeah. No, I remember that. I remember Aaliyah. I had her album. See, but then here's the, the other th- side of it, though. Like, Bill Wyman and the Stones... He married like a 15, 16 year old girl in like the 70s. Right. Steven Tyler did too. Oh, tons of these guys have. Yeah. Jeffrey Tambor is married to a. But the thing is, though, like getting married and it. Like, I, man, I don't know. I don't know how to make sense of that. I just know that dude seems like he's never paid a price for anything he's done. He's and been he's, in a lot of like courts, but like. Yeah, but he, 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 ain't, nev- he ain't broke. No, he's not. Well, that's why he's still 
That's what I'm saying. Yes. I'm like, but how has no one fucked this guy up? He probably has an entourage. Doesn't, still, at some point, though, like, I would just... At, something has to snap, you know what I mean? No, it, it, it's... You know what? In, like... Erica is sticking by her friend. However, there, like you said, there is a line, and to do this publicly, like at a show, right? And offer oh. prayer, Jesus Christ. Like so, like Jeffrey Dahmer, right? If people were like, "Oh, yeah, we should forgive him," but just let him go on and walk out the door. No, yeah, it's the same same yeah. thing here. It's like this guy needs to fucking pay the price for something. Correct. I wish someone would just fuck him up and video it and then piss on him. Yeah, out, no, seriously, that right? really needs to take, happen. Yeah, take that bitch. Yeah, see God how you damn. like it. It's crazy. So yeah, I, if this happens, if if I get you, the you okay, should totally interview. I, I will go with you. No, I'll, it'll be a good records. We'll be. Oh uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, I don't know though, actually. Why? I mean, I, dude, we don't want to be associated with someone that's fucking, you know, trying to protect a. Pet her ass. She's just gonna come in, and we're gonna. Yeah, talk. But, I'm just gonna talk about music. Yeah, with but her. the stores, the back. You have to talk to Chris about that. Okay, that's we'll a, see. That's a kind of getting into a gray area. We don't know. We don't know rocks thrown through the window. Okay, people get crazy, man. People Fucking get crazy. Come outside with signs and stuff saying we touched their genitals or something. <laughs> we touched my records. Oh, <laughs> touched my records. Wrecked them. Wrecked them. All right, moving on with other hilarious. News. Nothing so about it, what we just talked about was hilarious. It's disgusting. <laughs> it is disgusting. God. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you I mean, for keeping me on yeah. track. Uh, You're defending him too now. Yeah, I'm defending him. Uh, if you have Netflix or Hulu, you would notice two new documentaries on Hulu and Netflix about the Fire Festival uh, that happened, tried to happen last year, where we've talked about it, where these it. Idiot. Basically, one guy who wanted to have this music festival, who in his life has done nothing good, n- nothing worthwhile, but has always been accused of everything he's ever done of fraud and been in courts. He started this fire festival, which was supposedly about um, the most luxurious music festival on a private island. Um, and of course, all hell broke loose. All the millennials, they didn't have what they wanted. You saw it on social media. Ja Rule was part of it. Uh, so now, in a hilarious turn of events, Ja Rule hates the new documentaries. <laughs> Dude, have you watched it? I, so I started watching 20 minutes of the Hulu one. I was like, fuck this. I know what happened. I don't want to watch any of these It's idiots. painful. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, you're just yeah. like, god damn. Like, the, that guy sucks. And, and it, it started getting me angry. And, like, people would actually pay... Not just a hundred dollars, but like tens of thousands of dollars to go grand. to this shit ass festival. Twenty grand with tickets. talentless music, and to a guy that just like say what you, I mean, he's a good sales guy. That's how he got the money and the funding, which went nowhere to the festival. See here, okay, I'm going to defend that guy though, because if you're dumb enough to spend twenty thousand dollars to go to a fucking essentially a concert. You deserve everything bad that could happen to you. To so happen I'm not defending that guy because that guy promised, like, you spend twenty grand. He hoodwinked These a bunch the, of idiots. Good the, for him. This luxurious. Well, they he like it said like what they were getting. Yeah, like fucking five star meal for fucking lunch. And nothing, breakfast. it nothing like that. Yeah, it was incredible. It was that's what I'm, no, it was great to watch. That's what I'm was, saying. It was they got punked is what happened. They he, Ashton Kutcher set all that up, dude. They went take that sucker. You're going to land on this island and then they're, you know, all the tents have holes in them. 
Oh, it's so funny. Yeah, man. it was incredible. I laughed through the whole thing. I was like, dude, granted it was like those car- the people that went to it are basically like people that would be on the Jersey Shore. Right. Like, I don't want to hang out with these people. E- e- so, or even worse, yeah. When they're, all, they're like, I'm an Instagram influencer. Like, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah, yeah. So you suppo- don't do anything. So supposedly Hulu paid the guy, that this fraud guy who started this, to be on in their documentary. Oh, yeah. He's getting money, dude. And, and then Ja Rule said that money should have went to the people in the Bahamas. <laughs> well, here's what's funny about when maybe 10 minutes into that movie – when they start like talking about how they got Jaw Rule involved and he was their contact to the A-listers, I'm like, wait a minute. Well, yeah, no, exactly. I saw, I, you know, I saw like Jaw Rule like out of a a fucking a hundred person lineup. Jaw Rule would never be part of that. And I love seeing the interviews when people they had like the press conference and they were asking Jaw Rule about it, and they're like, he's like, oh yeah, man, it'll be. This question is more for this guy. Yeah, like he had no idea. No, about not it. a fucking clue, man. And I'm like, wait a minute. But he supported it. I'm like, why would you do this? But he's the access to the A-listers. Like, dude, that guy's never never even been on the A-list. No, absolutely. Like D team. You know what I mean? He's like on the practice squad. He was like the fucking beat down version of Tupac, right? Like he was the fucking watered down jaw rule. Good God. No, I'm telling you, dude. Kudos to that guy for trying to put on that festival and taking all those idiots' money. <laughs> I'm serious. That guy, he did. He kind of tried to almost do everyone a favor. He could have left all those people he out there. He was at the right, perfect time. All those people could have died, though, right? No, Think how great that would have been. True. Oh, man. A, a small, just a cleansing, right? <laughs> a purge, yeah. if you will. I mean, these people are like the ones that are, you know... Like social media tycoons off that's bullshit. What, that's what it was. Like they, I'm like, he, are you? Got, ki- these people are. How have these people become so successful doing nothing? Dude, if you show your tits on Instagram, you get several hundred thousand followers. You're making money. Yeah, but I, I know. But what I'm saying is, like, when the the person that called themselves the influencer. So, like, Kendall Jenner has over a hundred million followers on Instagram. She was part of these influencers. Yeah. Like, he got people like that to like, this is going to be the Talk best festival. Yeah. I'll be there. Come hang out. Absolutely. Nothing happened. Yeah. FEMA tents, cots, shitty bologna, no, that's and white what, bread. That's what should have happened. Those people got what they paid for. <laughs> if you, if you pay that amount of money to go to a festival, a, a music festival, right? Which is crazy. Like yeah. they made Woodstock free. Correct. So like, let that I mean, sit they, in. They, well, Woodstock, you did pay for tickets, but like two hours into it, they were like, it's a free festival now. Anybody oh, they couldn't come contain it. I mean, yeah, it correct. Like, but, I mean, fucking 20 grand. But like, even okay. Woodstock Festival was back then, what, 150 bucks, which may be mm-hmm. 300 bucks now? No, it wasn't that much. Those tickets were like Six. seven, seven, ten dollars $10. Okay, so, yeah. That would that would probably been like 150 $160 now. Okay. But the level of talent at that, though, is, well, uncomparable. They're, yeah, they're, that's these what are, These are not talented people. No. They're ass clowns. <laughs> ass clowns. <laughs> they're no talent ass clowns. So, yeah, but it's funny to see Ja Rule saying, like, what? Does, and he still has that little goofy, like, Charlie Chaplin mustache. He, well, I don't know if he does or not, punk, but he has dude. the little, yeah, it, it's, it's really funny. I mean, those people are fucking, God, I mean... What do you even call someone like douchebag? Those are that's your definition of douchebags. All the people that are in that movie, fucking living on their phones and shit, taking selfies. It's spray tanning. Uh, 
It's I, I, it's so it's funny while it happened. Like it's hilarious. Like mm-hmm. it just what because I think it's incredible. We were funny. watching I, that I, happen. And we saw like the news clips and like on Reddit or something like that. Yeah, and it was like an clips. And you're like, all these millennials think it's the worst thing ever. <laughs> yeah, our cell phones weren't working. It's so great, fucking idiots. <laughs> Look up who was on the lineup though. Like you couldn't give me twenty grand to go to that. Okay, it was like lineup. Diplo, like people that go up there and hit the space bar on their laptop, and then you just. It's like watching a music video. All right. Fire Festival. Uh, let's see here. History at the venue. Involved parties. Aftermath. Lawsuits. Uh, I'm trying to think. Well, I mean, nobody played there because it didn't Yeah, I know. Really we used to just look up the lineup. Like, who was scheduled to perform? Because Ja Rule was obviously the headliner. Who's bigger than Ja? He's A-list. Uh, honestly, I'm looking. Hold on. The weather girls. Inf- the weather- they had influencers. Yeah, influencers. And they so basically, if I remember, they had it on an island. Uh, that was supposedly Paulo Escobar's island. Yeah. But the guy who owned the island did not want that to get out. But their first commercial was like, "This is Pablo Escobar's island." So they kicked them off, and they had to go to another island. If I remember correctly. Um, let's see here. The event was promoted. No, I don't see anybody that was supposed to be here. <laughs> oh, even better. So that's what I'm saying. That guy should have... It's just kept... a bunch of influencers. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. That guy should have been able to retain all of that money he got. It's crazy. Let's look. They signed up for it. They did. They did. Uh, this is involved Bella, Bella Hadid. That's is, she's not a thing, is she? I don't fucking even know what that is. Uh, my goodness, how much were tickets for the Fire Festival? Five hundred to fifteen hundred, and then VIP packages were twelve thousand. Twelve thousand. Hey, well, have you seen the fucking lineup for a Kaboo Festival in Dallas? No. Type that in. How do you spell that? K A A B O O. I think. Okay, Kaboo, Texas. Yeah, Texas. Kaboo lineup. It's a Jerry World. Dude, this lineup is fucking ridiculous. Oh, I did see this. <laughs> right, just like, just start at the top and go down. The Killers, Kid Rock, Sting, Leonard Skinnerd, Little Big Town, The Avid Brothers, Lauren Hill, Pitbull. Must be a wrestling event. Counting Crows, Alanis Morissette, Black Eyed Peas. Counting Crows, dude. <laughs> this is like the most safe music festival lineup ever black eyed peas ludicrous flow rida blue october collective soul bush garbage b52s rick springfield joan jett uh eric boudon and the animals which i would actually like to see burden eric boudon burden <laughs> violent femmes old 97s john anderson yeah i mean what the hell Los lobos <laughs> i don't get it it's incredible it's crazy look how much look how much tickets are to that uh bypasses there's like a heated pool you can buy you can gain entry to um so the cheapest one is 300 dollars plus a 26 dollar fee blue star vip is a thousand plus a 40 dollar fee rock star vip three day is 4200 hell yeah plus a 140 dollar fee and then the ultimate heating the ultimate hang 
twenty thousand dollars. Twenty grand. No fee with that, but that includes that includes uh, backstage access, front row seating, stage cocktail service. The la- la- nothing bullshit. Fuck yeah. you. Get us some free tickets to that. We want Rockstar VIP for the fucking Lauren Hill concert. <laughs> <laughs> if I can get a suite, I'll let you know. I don't want to go to that. I'll let you that know. Would be, I would go to watch the crowd. Because that seems like... Well, a, you'll be in a suite. You'll be away I, from everybody. Uh, when the shit hits the fan. Correct. I just think those are all artists where like those fan bases couldn't be more different. And you're going to go, here, go stand out in this heat and drink alcohol and mingle together. Cool. It's going to... Yeah. You want to see Skinner, bitch? Yeah, and but Pim- not at that place. That'd be terrible music, terrible dude, sound. Leonard Skinner hasn't been a band since like fucking nineteen seventy six, seventy eight. Whenever that plane crashed, that was it. Bam! Mm. Like no more band. There you go. All right, let's move on. Wu Tang Clan, Public Enemy, and De La Soul are touring together in the UK. They have announced a UK tour called The Gods of Rap. Uh, they will go to England and Scotland, which I'd see this show. Oh, yeah, that dude. That sounds awesome. Uh, wonder- tickets go on sale January 25th. They will be at Wembley, uh, Manchester, and SSE Hydro. They're not playing Wembley. There's no way they're, that is playing at Wembley. The SSE Arena in Wembley. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, all in May. So get your if you're in the UK, if you want to go to the UK to see these guys, go do it. Surely they'd have to tour here. Um one more Spotify piece of news, which will Jacob will love. Spotify has launched a horoscope-inspired playlist for people. <laughs> the streaming service teamed with astrologer Chani Nicholas to curate playlists for each star sign. Uh, gee, are there playlists on there? Um, I Let me look. Capricorn, Bad Blood by Now, Get Well Soon, Aria Grande, Love is Stronger Than Pride, Amber Mark. Weary by Soling, whatever her name is. Down, Chloe X, Holly, Stop This Train, John Mayer, James Blake, Tiana Taylor, Sia. And this is for Capricorns, by the way. What a, I mean, oh, God. I feel like you, I'm a Scorpio, so it'd be all songs about fucking, I think. Which you, most you know, songs are. Yeah. They'd probably just be a bunch of fucking Counting Crows and Collective Soul play. <laughs> Let your lash on down. Over, yeah. And fucking hear about <laughs> Mr. Jones. No time for love, Mr. Jones. Dr. Jones, no time for love. Man, that guy though in Counting Crows, he has a he has a one thing I'm sure not a lot of not a lot of men on this planet can say. He's accomplished something that not too many people have. Which is? He banged both Jennifer Aniston and Courtney Cox. Oh, the friends. Yeah, and good eat. for him. That, that's what I'm saying. Have you know what that? Have you seen that guy? He looks like me. <laughs> <laughs> just you're a handsome man, though. Out of place, though. Out like, of place. Yeah, can't, can't blend in anywhere. He must have just, a huge dick. No, man, he had a huge song. He had that album, dude. You remember that fucking record was everywhere. Well, it's like the the goth romantic stuff. Nothing goth about dude. That is like the most mom. Music sounded shit I've ever heard. <laughs> it's it's romantic gospel. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's the fucking romance novel yeah. of music. Oh, it even had funny. that fucking lover font on the front of it. Correct. That fucking 
Oh, perfectly fucking written cursive and on that burnt yellow paper with the sun coming through it. <laughs> Serious. You know what I'm Have talking about? Have the counting crows or the black crows ever played together? Fuck no. They, I mean... <laughs> Jeez. Or Old Crow Medicine Show. <laughs> oh, that's another fucking group there, man. I, I, the Black Crows would fucking mop the f- fucking stage with those. <laughs> they would dropkick those bitches. No, they wouldn't the even do that. They'd just be getting stoned going, when are these puds going to get off the stage? <laughs> they go up there and... When are Although, I, man, I, I hate to say it, but if you really think about it, I bet more people have fucked to Mr. Jones' song than they have any Black Crows song. For sure. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. That's uh, crazy, man. It's probably it's true, though. It's got to yes. be true. But uh, if you have Spotify, go to Cosmic Playlist. If type you in have, your Zodiac sign. You'll get a playlist. If you have Spotify, fucking delete it. There you go. Just uh, go back to stealing music again. <laughs> like, I mean, what's the difference? I, I use payplay.fm, which you do pay for, but it's like 10 to 12 cents a song. Yeah. So... I use that quite a bit. I mean, I used to. I still use iTunes, but I still get full albums for like a dollar fifteen. I think it's just crazy that people used to steal music, right? Correct. On the internet, that they're paying some company like Spotify now to do nothing and not pay any of the artists. But now people think it's okay to spend ten dollars a month to steal music when you could just steal it for free. Correct. Like, just go back to stealing it. There you go. It's not like it's going to affect the artist. They're not getting paid anyway. The artists that will affect are people like... It's like less than 10%. No, but it it would be people like Post Malone, Chris Brown, the fucking losers. Like, the idiots who shouldn't even be able to be even... I mean, granted, it should be a level playing field for everyone, but that's just... That's not doing anyone any favors right now. It's not. All you're doing is confusing the wonderful and great future of of America, the... Kids, someone think of the children. True, think of the children. They're eating fucking Tide Pods, man, <laughs> and sticking fucking like Ajax into their ears and shit. Is that Darwin right there? No, because people can't allow that anymore. Because then it's rude, it's mean, and that's bullying. <laughs> if you if you just let Darwinism take over, that's that's bull- that's a that's, form of bullying. No, it's not. It's people argue that though. They'll say that it's ridiculous. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Let them eat the. Let them eat, eat the Tide Pods. Pod. That's a shirt. Shove Let them, them eat in, Tide shove Pods. Shove them into your butt. <laughs> Take it anally. Yeah, however you want it. Jacob, question for our new our, our next uh, topic. Are you a fan of Vampire Weekend? Absolutely not. Okay. Vampire Weekend promises a double album. New music out next week. 18-track album titled with the initials F-O-T-B. Uh, why don't you like Vampire Weekend? I've already heard Paul Simon Graceland before. I don't need to listen to this band. Graceland's way better too. Yeah, have you heard this band? I mean, I've heard songs here and there. I've ne- I don't own any of their albums. I'm not. I've never seen them in concert. I don't care to. They are one of the most bland, like boring bands I've ever heard in my life. So they're just music for to tune out. Like if you don't want to listen to music, they you sound listen like to them. Like those guys sound like a Gap commercial to me. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, I mean, just like that bright color crap everywhere. And okay, I don't know, man. I'm not into it. Well, if you're into Vampire Weekend, new album, big album coming out. No move. one that's into Vampire Weekend is listening to this show. True. I hope not. And if you are, 
Stop. Yeah. Go play, <laughs> go play on Spotify or something. No, continue, carry on and make your make live your best life. There you go. If if like if listening to Vampire Weekend makes you a better person, then have at it. There you go. Uh, another bit of information. I talked about this on our horror podcast, my bloody podcast. A little bit, but uh, John Carpenter's movie "They Live" uh, soundtrack will be reissued um, through Death Waltz yet again, uh, which is super super fun. Uh, if you've ever heard that soundtrack, it's basically one little riff. It's do 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 do. That's redundant to say. That's all John Carpenter soundtrack. It's true. It just sounds like him practicing synthesizer. It is. It's it's very true. He's cool though. I like dude's awesome. But if you ha- if you don't have that, uh, get it. It's going to be through Mondo, and it's going to be in black and white vinyl. The it's going to be a uh, gatefold sleeve that has the sunglasses on front. Is and Rowdy Rowdy Piper on the cover? No, it's Damn just it. the sunglasses. Unfortunately, uh, go get it. Mondo. That's up such a very fucking soon. good movie. It is a great movie. Keith David and Roddy Rowdy Piper fighting for 15 minutes, kicking each other's in the dick. Yeah, they do kick each other in the dick. Quite a bit. It's good stuff. Uh, Another piece of news, Rick Rubin. There's a big Rick Rubin documentary coming to Showtime. It's an upcoming series of uh, documentaries about him. What's it called? How I Got Lucky? (laughs) That guy has the best job ever. Uh, it probably will be pretty good. It's directed by Morgan Neville, who, uh, directed the recent Won't You Be My Neighbor and 20 Feet from Stardom. Uh, so yeah, it is, the title is called Shangri-La and it's going to explore, uh, Rick Rubin's creative process. So the dude, Rick Rubin, if you don't know who Rick Rubin is, I mean, that dude brought a lot of people to light. So yeah, he, he will he- debut at South by Southwest as a work in progress for a showtime. So. He worked on the first Black Crows record. No, there you go. Bringing it full circle. They're an American. They were on American. Dude, Rick Rubin is... Sometimes I go in and out of liking him, though. Sometimes I think he's just too much. I mean, this fucking free-spirited guy who doesn't have to wear socks and just gets to lay on the couch and tell Slayer that they suck. Like, no, you guys aren't playing that that good. I mean, he did did my favorite Tom Petty album. He did Wildflowers. That's a, yeah, there you go. Well, Rick Rubin's been in like everything. Like he's one of the big music guys. It's cool that he's getting. Well, he man, I think like the, that dude has stories. Well, the, I think the, Rick Rubin is the like to me would be a band's as a band he would be the the perfect person to encounter because that guy tells you exactly how it is. Like if, if right, something right. you're doing isn't working, that guy he just straight up will fucking tell you. Yes. So that he he probably. Working with him, I bet anyone that's ever worked with him has probably been like, God, this guy's so fucking intense, but I've never played this good in my life. Which is good. You need, They need that. Yeah. He, so he does have that cool energy thing that happens with like producers that you need. Right. He's a fucking – he would be like a killer person for someone who wanted to make like a real organic album, like someone that was like, I want to do Dark Side of the Moon. You know, yeah. they had the songs and the idea, yeah. and they lined up with a guy like Rick Rubin. Like, he could just see it through. Right. He would know exactly what it would sound like before they even played it. Like, he gets it. So do you... Would you ever want to work with Rick Rubin? Fuck yeah, dude. I would love to work with Rick Rubin. Okay. Then. He wouldn't want to work with me, though. Why? He'd call, probably think I'm high maintenance or something. 
Do you I'd think tell, so? Yeah, I'd tell him, dude, go put some, take those fucking sweatpants off and put on some goddamn jeans. <laughs> <laughs> right? Br- fucking brush your teeth, dude. There you go. No, he. I'm telling you, as a musician, that guy would push you to like the extreme. If you if if you had a good idea, a great idea for a song, that guy's a he's a song crafter. Fuck, dude. He's. I mean, look at who he's worked with. Everybody. I mean, it's unfucking believable. Like, and the scope, like, you know, Classic Slayer, rap, Slayer yeah. to you know, fucking Beastie Boys. Right. Right, and then merged them together, but then did those late era. Like Johnny Cash albums, yeah, like which is crazy. Yeah, more people knew about him then. Like his fan, he, his fan base became younger. Those albums that he did with Rick Rubin, uh-huh. it wasn't just people that were fifty and up listening to Johnny okay. Cash. Correct, it, it trickled down. Right, all probably because of Rick Rubin. No, Johnny maybe. Cash couldn't have done. I'm not a big Johnny Cash fan, but he couldn't have done those albums with anyone else. It had him have been remotely near that good. Because they're so dark and dismal sounding. Right. Like you can hear that something bad is is inevitably going to happen. Right. Um, yeah, but he captured it. Like he was he, – he catches the – I don't know, man. He just – he makes the vibe happen. Well, I'm, I'm very curious about this documentary series. I definitely want to watch it. it again, it's going to premiere at South by as a work in progress print. And then I guess imagine – Probably fall, it'll be on Showtime, but very excited. Our last bit of news, which is a fun, interesting tidbit of news. Um, Coming up, actually today, is Daniel Johnston's birthday. If you know Daniel Johnston from Austin, Texas, the the devil in Daniel Johnston, he's the schizophrenic musician. Uh, The Flaming Lips, Built to Spill, Yola Tango, and Bob Mould, along with others, will play a tribute concert for Daniel Johnston. Uh, for his birthday, uh, which is kind of cool benefit show for him. Uh, yeah. Do you like Daniel Johnson? No. I've seen him live before. I've seen him live too. I don't get uh, that music frustrates me. I like the music here and there. Um, I do. I mean, I've seen him live. He told the Holocaust joke on stage and then he got scared and then ran off stage with his guitar plugged in. Yeah. See, he's the kind of person where like he'll, he'll snap and kill the audience. No, yes. You know right. what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I'm not interested in... There's nothing musical about that. Like, yeah, you took some fucking bad acid and Kurt Cobain said that he liked your fucking music. Like, whoop-de-fucking-do. <laughs> like, do you ever sit around and just listen to Daniel Johnston and not want to fucking yank your hair out? No, because there's a lot... It, some of the songs are good. A lot of the songs sometimes sound like Yoko Ono. Like kind of screechy, yeah. yelling, yeah. Poor like Wesley Willis is that's that's different. Okay, but Daniel Johnston, I mean, like I don't know. Some things are just, not everybody has to like the same shit. True, I don't have a Daniel Johnston record. That I have- stuff is just horrible to me. Like the fucking kids soundtrack. <laughs> you know what I mean? He did that. Like he, that's like his music in that fucking movie. So that that's a great. You know, Daniel Johnson's music sounds like you're watching kids. <laughs> I got no legs. Yeah. <laughs> I got no leg. Okay. It's me, Casper. That's it for news. Let's move on to our... Uh... Wait, you should have talked about the fucking Argento what? saying that he didn't like the remake of uh, uh, Suspiria and that there was no music in it. He called it. He called it fucking like flat and lame or something like that. Take that, Tom York. Yeah, <laughs> googly-eyed fucking 
Goober. <laughs> I fucking yawn into a microphone and make better music. Bu- bukus of dollars. No, that's what he does, dude. Fucking. <laughs> Sounds like the, you know, in Beetlejuice when they turn into the, the where it goes, <laughs> right? <laughs> Sounds like, uh, that's where Tom York got his fucking shtick from. Suspiria. <laughs> Suspiria. Um, Fuck that movie up. Argento had, will say like it is. Yeah, as he should. Yeah, he created you. it. Yeah, I agree. That movie sucked. Fuck you. Fuck the music. There was no music in it anyway. Bam. Yeah, he was angry. There you go. I don't think he was angry. He probably just told you what he thought about there it. There you go. Yeah. All right. Now that the news is over, let's move into our one-hit wonder, which may not be a one-hit wonder, but is a one-hit wonder in our hearts for 2019. The singer is Joe Esposito. Uh, he was born in 1948. And he made this song with Bill Conti. Bill Conti, you know, of course, did the music to Rocky, amongst other people. But we're talking about the song from the 1984 hit film, The Karate Kid. You're the best around. No one's going to ever let you down. You're the best around. I thought it was nothing's going to ever bring you down. Oh, is that it? Yeah. You're the best around. Yeah, because if you're the best around, why would they say no one's ever going to drag you down? You're the best. I think it's saying they're saying that nothing's gonna bring you down. Let's see. That song rules, dude. I think it's just, <laughs> I, I think it's poorly placed in the movie, though. I With think, the montage sequence. Yeah, I know, but they should have used it when Miyagi jumped over the fence and fucked up all the high schoolers when they were chasing Danielson. Yeah, remember that? All right, here we go. They You're the best around. Nothing's gonna ever keep you down. Keep you down. You're the best around. Fight till the end, cause your life. <laughs> Oh, it's so good. Uh, yeah, that's ultimate montage music. And it makes sense that the guy that was involved in the Rocky would do it, too, because it's that same iconic, getting strong now, right? I fly now. And it's not, it doesn't go into slow motion, but it goes into that, like, it dips a little bit. Like, in the tournament, you know, Danielson's fucking, fucking everyone up and stuff. <laughs> All right. This is great from the song. You're the best came to prominence after being used in the 1984 film The Karate Kid. Responding to years of criticism of You're the Best on the radio, singer Joe Esposito called into the Adam Carolla show on April 9th in 2008. The criticism was that the lyric History Repeats Itself was inappropriate because it was played during Daniel LaRusso's first All-Valley Tournament in The Karate Kid. Esposito revealed that the power ballad was originally intended for the Rocky Three soundtrack, but was replaced by Eye of the Tiger. It was subsequently also turned down for the Flashdance soundtrack in favor of Maniac by Michael Cimbello. The Karate Kid's director, John G. Alvinson, liked the song so much, he used it in the movie. So interestingly, they that got Eye of the Tiger and this move, this song for Karate Kid. Yeah. Well, that's funny because we wanted to talk about Eye of the Tiger. We did. And we, we chose did. this one. Did you, did you know that? I did not. I just read that. Wow. <laughs> What a freaky coincidence. Or very freaky coincidence. But, I mean, this song has been used in just almost every movie in 
TV show, an animated show. It's been in South Workout Park. DVD. Yeah. It's been in South Park, Futurama, Bob's Burgers, Homestar, The Simpsons, Always Sunny, uh, Reaper, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, The Goldbergs, Blackish, Lucifer. It's, oh, my God. And then it's it's used in, like, tons of professional sports teams. Oh, yeah, dude. Fucking that... Manny Pacman Pacquiao uses it for his entrance music. Yeah. <laughs> dude, that song gets you going. You're like, you know what? I am the best. Correct. Positive mental attitude, man. Those nothing about those lyrics are sad. You're the best around. What if they came out to Daniel Johnston fucking dumping Dr. Pepper on himself? <laughs> fucking eating a goddamn Snickers bar, right? It's Ugh. so funny. Uh Yeah, so, man, that well it's it, only used once in that movie. Cause like in Rocky they bring back the Getting Strong Now song. Well they they so in Rocky, they use versions of it here and there for like a few seconds, but then the training montage and him running, yeah, that the whole song out. is yeah, used out of the gate. But in but in Karate Kid, though, they just it just it's that one time and then that's it. Yeah, you're the best. around. It's and he's doing all the karate moves that aren't karate moves. Yeah, no, for sure, making shit up. It it cracks me up uh, for sure. Uh, <laughs> Have you ever seen that theory, that fan theory about the movie that Daniel is actually the bully? Yes, I have heard that. And even when you watch the Karate Kid, the show, you know, it right. kind of paints it that way. Well, well, because Daniel they Russo the roles is very successful now, yeah. and then the Johnny is like down on his luck, trying to get rid of bullying, yeah. basically. And starts the Cobra Kai's again. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. I like this. I like this song a lot. It's great. I have the soundtrack. <laughs> Tony, they should have used it when Miyagi went over the fence and beat up all those skeletons. <laughs> they were skeletons. Nothing ever happened to that guy. Nope. He beat ever. up children and then just kept trimming his fucking bonsai tree. Yeah, but no one were- called the cops. Like, hey, this old Asian man just beat the shit out of eight. They were attacking him, though. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If somebody's attacking you, you have the right they to. They weren't attacking him. They were attacking Daniel, and then he went over the fence. Then they kind of came after him, but they never attacked him. Dude, old me- dude beats up kids. Miyagi had him down. Seven. Miyagi had him down before they even moved. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Dude, that guy fucking, he caught the fly in the... And interestingly enough, that song is only two minutes and fifty seconds. It's all you need. It's really short. I mean, why 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 should that be a Terrapin Station twenty minute epic yeah. jammer, dude? Correct, correct. I mean, no, it doesn't need to be. Keep it under three. You're the best around. That song every time I hear it, it makes me want to kick something. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, ah, give me that little trash can. Yeah. Bring that, bring that dog over here. <laughs> no. Not your dog. I'm just like one of those little shit dogs. <laughs> No, don't kick dogs. Kicking, yeah, I'm just kidding. No kick dogs. Kick trash cans. I would kick cats, actually. I don't like cats. Kick babies. Ooh. Punt Ooh. babies. Punt babies. There you go. All right. So that is our... Uh, listen to that. You're the best around. Yeah, get pumped up. Put a headband yeah. on. Yeah, that's, that's what you want to do. Um, and film yourself. Send it to us. And put on some knee-high socks. <laughs> hey, has anyone got a, got with us on Reddit yet? We haven't made anyone upset yet, have we? Well, I, we haven't posted anything. I've posted stuff for my bloody podcast on Reddit. We got to do that next time. We will. We will. Um, all right. Let's move on to our main event. Terrapin Station's own Grateful Dead. The Grateful Dead. Holy God, the Grateful Dead. Um 
So this band, I mean, I think people who don't know music just know the Grateful Dead. I just, I believe that. Um, they are uh, just an amazing, I mean, they can, who are they? They're, they're Jerry Garcia, Bob Weir, Phil Lesh, Bill Kreutzman, is that right? Mm-hmm. Pigpen? Yeah, and Ron Pigpen McKiernan. Um, if you ever have watched the documentary film Woodstock, you will see um, Grateful Dead playing there. And also you will see a young Jerry No, you Gar- won't. Well, you won't see them playing there, but you will see a young Jerry Garcia talking about the greatness of acid and other drugs. He says, this is a joint of marijuana. <laughs> Uh, you know who's really, though, you left out the unsung hero of the Grateful Dead? Mickey Hart? No. Rob well, Hunter? Yeah, Rob, Robert Hunter. Robert Hunter wrote all, most of all their lyrics. Okay. He wasn't even, he didn't even play an instrument. He was kind of like Bernie Taupin with, like, Elton John. Right. He was Jerry's, like, well, actually, he was just the Dead's right-hand man. He did most of their lyrics. So he did most, well, then what you said earlier is like the lyrics are just corny. It's mostly just the... No, no, no. In, well, in Terrapin Station, the, yes. the, where he starts on the vocal range. Okay, okay. The, Let my inspiration... It's like already, <laughs> it's like already kind of church Angels music. coming down, yes. Right, yeah. It's like, damn, you elevated too quick, Jerry. Okay. So uh, this band, Grateful Dead, was formed in 1965 in Palo Alto, California, um, and they were known for its electric style. Uh, they, they basically took folk country, bluegrass, blues, jazz, reggae, psychedelic and rock and roll. And even like you said, the gospel, it mixed it all into one. Yeah, dude, they were, they're killer, man. Like one of the best band names ever. It, oh yeah. The Grateful Dead. It's yeah. I mean, it's so morbidly like positive sounding. So they're they're basically well not they're not basically they're basic they're known for a lot of excellent things but a lot of people would say oh yeah they pioneered the jam band thing and do you, do you agree with that I mean inadvertently they did but they wrote great music like a lot of those jam bands on paper like I should like like Fish and Widespread Panic and bands like that Strange I don't like them at all because with the Dead there's songs. Like, they're not just jamming. Like, they crafted music, and their songs are very well written. Okay. So there's not they're not jamming per se. They're writing a song. And then within the song, they do their jamming, where, like, a lot of the quote-unquote jam bands just only sounds like they're jamming. I never hear anything musical. Like, there's no kind of structure to songwriting. Right. Like, they're just change here for three bars. Then we'll change here again at this measure, and then... But I think Grateful Dead had it all planned out. Like, I will say Fish has some songs planned out, but sometimes they will go on tangents. But some of their songs are, like, almost, I would say, poppy. But Grateful Dead, like, was on a different level. Like, they had their shit, no matter how long their song was, they knew where they were. Yeah, they knew how to write melody. Like, they had a really good melodic sense in all their music. Like, Box of Rain, like the first song on American Beauty. Right. That's, there's so many words in that song. Like there's like that's like a seven verse song, and they play it just so kind of effortlessly, and it never sounds like it's like they're Saint Judy Blue Eyes, something like that. It never sounds redundant, or like a lot of those other bands just sounds like they're playing the same thing over and over and over right. for 
like ten minutes. No, the, I love Grateful the Dead. Dead. Always had that like forward thing happening, right? Like they never they every. I mean, they did play a lot of bad shows. I mean, but they did a lot. Of, they did a lot of drugs. Like that's why they got edited out of Woodstock. They were horrible there. Well, because they, as you could tell in in the Woodstock, you can see them taking drugs and like we're doing it. Yeah, but it. Santana took the same acid that they did, and that Santana band. Got it wasn't there. the brown acid. Well, just bad acid. I'm just saying Santana at Woodstock was up there as good as Hendrix's performance there. No Santana doubt. was really good. Yeah, and that's basically Journey as his backing band, <laughs> which is great. I'm serious. I'm, yeah. No. Yeah. Um, so. In the greatest artist of all time issue of Rolling Stone magazine, Grateful Dead was ranked number 57th. Do you think that's a fair judgment of Rolling Stone? What was the list for? Greatest artist of all time. 57? Mm-hmm. Uh, they'd definitely be in like the top 30. Top because 30. they're, yeah, even if you don't, like their image, like the steal your face, the skull, you know, with the fucking lightning bolt in its head. Yeah. They're like, they're kind of like. Iron Maiden, like if you see a certain picture, you know it's a dead thing. Like you know it's got that. So it with their list, uh, the top three positions were held by Beatles, Bob Dylan, and Elvis Presley. Running out the top ten are Rolling Stones, Chuck Berry, Jimi Hendrix, James Brown, Little Richard, Aretha Franklin, and Ray Charles. Moving yeah. on, Queen, Metallica, Pink Floyd, Talking Heads, REM, Tom Petty, oh, see, and yeah. Jay Z to- are in. Uh, from 27th. Jay-Z is ahead of the Grateful Dead. Which is horrible. And R.E.M. is ahead of... Yes. Okay, so yeah, there you go. No, that list is ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, really, fucking R.E.M. I agree. There's only one song everybody knows in that movie. It's the end of the world. Yeah, and everybody hurts. (laughs) Everybody hurts. Also, the band was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1994. Yeah, that's good. I'm sure they were real excited about that. They could have they could have cared less about that. True. That, that that's like the antithesis of what the dead is all about. I'm looking to see who was inducted in that year, uh, if it will tell me. Well, I'm just saying they're not. That is the most anti-establishment band of all time. You think so? I know so. Who's more anti-establishment than the fucking Grateful Dead? 1994, who was inducted? The Animals, The Band, Dwayne Eddy, Grateful Dead, Elton John, John Lennon, Bob Marley, and Rod Stewart. Rod the Mod. And who uh, inducted them, The Grateful Dead? Bruce Hornsby. Yeah, Bruce Hornsby played on a lot of their albums. And Axl Rose inducted Elton, Elton John, John that yeah. year. I, that I did know. Uh, which is funny. But, uh, so yeah, they were inducted then. And then... On May 8th, 1977, their performance that night at Cornell University's Barton Hall was added to the National Recording Registry of the Library of Congress for how important and significant it was. So that's good. So far, which is kind of which is great but also terrible, Grateful Dead has sold more than 35 million albums worldwide. So I wonder how that compares to like Drake <laughs> well, that that doesn't matter because what you have to look at with the Grateful Dead is, yeah, they sold 35 million records. How many people do you think they've played in front of? Oh, more than he'll ever do. Right. Yeah. So those guys figured out real quick because they knew that, you know, they had, they knew they had to make records, but they knew they weren't like a, you know, then they made great albums, like not to take away anything from like Working Man's Dead or Oxo Moxo, Terrapin Station, right? From the Mars Hotel. Right. But they knew that, like, for us to be 
this functioning family unit thing and to feed these 80 people we have with us? Because they didn't just go on the road with a few people. No, they went all the way. So they figured out real quick that well, we gotta, we're got we a live machine and we're going to sell a lot more tickets every other night than we are albums. Right, right. So they, they latched onto that real quick, but... You know, fuck, they had Owsley, who was, like, arguably the best sound guy ever, invented the, pretty much single-handedly invented the PA system, which revolutionized, like, playing a live concert. Right. Like, you go try to play a fucking concert for 300,000 people, and you're not able to project it, the people at the back can't hear anything. The dead went, well, hey, man, we want those people up on that hill over there to hear us. Like, we need to get it out there. So they created this fucking... It's called the Wall of Sound. You got it on this album right here. They fucking created this PA system that had like 80 amplifiers, power, and all this shit. And each set of these speakers was like, this was all for the bass. And then this was all for guitar. These were vocal. This was for the keys. This was for the other guitar. Each each one of these sets of speakers projected its own thing. Which was unheard of until that. No one had ever even thought of that. And the guy that thought of it was also the person who was making the best acid that ever existed. <laughs> who was that? Owsley. Okay. He did a lot of their art, like most of their art and stuff. Okay. He's just this fucking genius, really. No, it's... So, when they... So, they were kind of like they made the PA system relevant. Well, they, so there was never monitors before. So like bands could only hear like what was coming behind them. Right. And then you get feedback issues and stuff. So Owsley figured out, well, what if we put some speakers in front of them where they could facing hear, them, hear yeah. themselves. Right. And then we moved the PA further this way and made it louder. Uh huh. Cause now you're not going to have these feedback issues cause the speakers aren't behind them. Like that's why the speakers are above the drums. Okay. There you go. I mean, it's like, it's just intuitive. These guys had a vision and they fucking saw it through. Like, no one worked harder than this band. Like, in the history of probably rock and roll bands and music, very few bands worked as hard as the dead. These guys, to move this fucking PA, they had to have trucks in front of the trucks pulling the equipment to make sure they could clear bridges. Jesus. I mean, because look at, imagine moving that. Imagine moving that fucking thing. Well, if you, if you notice, like Grateful Dead, they, you know, they have, you know, Jerry Garcia, they have Bob Weir, Pigpen, Phil Lesh, and Bill Cruzman, but also they had like two or three keyboard guys, plus accordion and piano guys that were traveling with them. Yeah, they had a, well, but the main people that were following them and traveling with them were people that were just fell into part of their family and, they created this business thing. So, like, when they were on... I can't remember what label they were on. Capital, maybe. So, yeah. They, they had to go to a meeting, and they demanded, well, hey, we, we got 30 people that need to come with us. We're going to need a plane. Yeah, it wasn't Capital. It was either Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers. That's yeah. who it was. So, they would do all these weird demand things, and the label would always go through with it. Yeah. So, they would show up to, like, a press conference thing with, like, 20 people. This is our publicist, and this guy is the driver, and, you know, they're the band, too, you know? These people got to get paid. Yeah. You know, and they created this fucking business model that was, hell, I mean, I, I don't even want to begin to guess how much money those guys made as a band. But they did it all. They they never cut any corners. No, they didn't, but their marketing was great because all their their 
signs of the teddy bear and the skeleton and all that stuff. Oh, th- that's what I'm saying. The, they sold all this shit. The imagery. It's like Kiss. Tie-dye, dude. Yeah. Like, they single-handedly uh, revolutionized tie Well, when you tie-dye. think of hippie and you think of the word hippie, you think tie-dye, but you also think, like, oh, Grateful Dead or, you know, or Woodstock or something. Yeah, like Almond Brothers. Almond Brothers, man. So, in 1995, uh, Garcia died. Do you think that was kind of... That's the end of it. That's the end of it. But they're still touring. Yeah, they do. Well, they, they toured as the other ones or something like that. And they toured this, as a couple dead. of different. Yes. Like Phil has a band called Further, and yeah, they do the thing now with John Mayer, which we went dead to. And company, was good, yes. But yeah, I mean, he was this like Bob is awesome. Everyone in the band is is killer. Like if you would have had anyone else, it wouldn't have worked. But it never would have got off the ground without Jerry. Like True. they couldn't have done it without him. He could have done it without them, but they couldn't have made it happen without him. Yeah. He is the Grateful Dead. It's like when we were we were talking about Leonard Skinner earlier. You can't replace a Ronnie Van Zant in no. that band. Like you can you could replace a Bob Weir. They've had two drummers, you know, simultaneously since like the second or third album they did. Everyone in that band is replaceable other than Jerry. Right. Because he had the he had that energy thing, like even before he played anything and you just saw him, that guy just looked like he was about to make you have a great fucking time. Yep. Here's this fucking balloon. Suck some of the air out of it and fucking hold on. He he knew. Then they took you on a journey, dude. Like, but like that is the shit, man. I get why people don't like him. No, I don't know. Under I don't know why they wouldn't like him. I do. I mean, it's some of it's a little kind of self indulgent or whatever, but the. If you go back and just listen to the real early dead stuff, it's like, really good. Yeah, up until like '77. I mean, that was Terrapin Station. I thought was '77, right? That's what I'm saying. In the '80s, they kind of lost their way, but right. But like, who didn't? Yeah. So if you look at their artwork, you have the skulls and the roses and the jesters and the dancing bears. Uh, oh, they have arguably five of the greatest album covers of all time. Correct. Yeah, they they're just. They're so good. Um, so before we get to like certain albums that we like, um, Deadheads, that's their the name for their fans like mm-hmm. that follow them from city to city like Fishheads. They're Deadheads. Um, what do you think about them? What do you, do you like? Do you like? I think the- it's incredible. I think that there's that it's kind of like the Juggalos, right? Like, right. They, they do this, their own the community. Same, yeah, it, those are people that are like they're there for. The music and the drugs. There you go. I mean, but they're just all having a good time. They are. Like, those people aren't getting drunk and beating each other up. No. They're getting high and, like, fucking on each other. Correct. Having a great time. Correct. They kick ass, dude. Like, I I mean, people that can have fun like that, that's awesome. I could never, I mean, I couldn't follow a band like that. Like, there's people you- that follow them for an entire tour. But the thing with the dead that you get is like they very rarely play the same set list ever. Which is which is like fish do now. Like every set list, no matter what, even if they're in the same city, they play an entirely different set but list. But the the thing with the dead though is they have thirty timeless songs to pull from. Correct. You know what I mean? And then everything else. Yeah. Oh, and then they can cover something. They yeah. cover every, they could cover anything. Right. I mean, it's like, they're incredible. They're, that's an incredible, incredible fucking band. So, and then I'm reading Donation of the Archives. Uh, did they donate their archives? Well, that's a band also that like... The Grateful Dead Archives. Okay, yes. So, 
Owsley would like always record their shows and stuff. Right. So like all these record store day things you have uh-huh. are like official Warner Brothers like archived releases. Okay. Okay. They basically recorded every show because he was always messing with audio engineering. He was always trying new gadgets and like new microphones here and the, this combination of speakers with this and he would hear it and then record it and then listen to it back and then tweak for the next night show. He would put this speaker over there and yeah, you know, run this a certain way and EQ this that way. He was always changing something. So it was cool that they had like a sixth member that was just back there tinkering on the knobs. Hmm. Well, there you go. I yeah, like when you dude, say tinkering on the knobs. Yeah, that's what he was doing, man. Back there having fun. I like it. That's like a real deep, like a... A knob turner. Now he was actually doing something. A knob turner. Just fucking sitting there looking at the fucking computer screen, hitting the space bar like fucking Skrillex. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so their first album, of course, was self-titled The Grateful Dead, released March 17th, 1967. Uh, its peak position was number 73. Do I have that album here? I should. Did you like that one? Uh, I don't really like until the third album. So, I'm trying to think of Axomoxo. 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 June 20th, 1969. Before that was Anthem of the Sun. But uh, June 20th, 1969, Axomoxo. Axomoxo. Which I guess is just the same word backwards. Uh, what do you like about that album? That's where they, they started to really get their the classic dead sound happening. Like the first two records are real psychedelic and. You know, they're still kind of finding their footing a little bit. Yeah. On that album, they they went, cool, now we're in gear. So do you like like St. Stephen, China Cat, Sunflower, all Cosmic Charlie, all of them? Doing yeah, that rag? All right. I'm telling you, that album is where they, they got off the ground on the first two. On the third one, they're, they're fucking flying. They're in the air. Like, all right. Uh, what about Working Man's Dead? That's a fucking... Which is great. Probably their best one. American Beauty. Well, do I have? I think I have Working Man's Dead. Yeah, you yeah, have I Working do. Man's Dead. Which is American a, Beauty's got you know, uh, Truckin' and Friend of the Devil. Yes, Box of Rain, which is just right. a fucking beautiful song. But yeah, Uncle Working Man's Dead. I think that, that at least critically has been good. Um, American Beauty, of course. You said you liked. Yeah, that's a fucking great. My favorite one is from the Mars Hotel. Um. 1974, that ranked number 16 on the Billboard charts, which is probably their top one, I think. No, in the 80s, they got a number one album. Really? Uh, so, yeah, it uh, was released in June, uh, like I said, June 27th, and it was the second album uh, released by their own record label, Grateful Dead Records, and uh, came after Wake of the Flood. What do you like about this album so much? Man, it's just got that cool vibe from the front to the back. The cover's badass. It is all kind of like upside down. Well, uh, it's just it, the cover is so fitting to the music that's on it. Like okay. it's like this weird kind of cosmic, like spaceship sounding music. Mm-hmm. It just sounds like you're in a. Sounds like you're, I don't know, coasting through the cosmos what, the whole time it's playing. Um, what about? Let's talk. You about, have Wake in the Flood. That's a really good one. Oh yeah, Wake in the Flood. Yes, yes. That is a. That's a pretty decent. Album cover, too. Dude, all their covers are great. Like, even if the album isn't good, their covers are still good or fantastic. Um, what about uh, Terrapin Station? Or what about, before we get to Terrapin Station, Blues for a Law and Steal Your Face? Yeah, Steal Your Face is like a 
half live, I think, half studio album. Well, Blues for Blues, Blues for, for Allah, Allah is, the, is the shit. Came in number twelve on the charts. Yeah, that's a weird. That's like a weird kind of jazzy like Coltrane sound. Well, because thing. it has the skull with the red glasses and a violin, mm-hmm. which yeah. is really cool. Yeah, that's a fucking. That w- that's where they kind of broke out of the mold of the kind of Americana, Amer- like rootsy sound and dead stuff. They st- they got a little kind of actually in Mars Hotel they started to mess with that a little bit. Kind of the more jazzy uh, chord progression songs instead of like the traditional chords. Right. They started to get a mess with weirder time signatures and stuff. So the Terrapin Station, 1977, which... Turtle, 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 turtle. Turtle. Was uh, the first Grateful Dead album on Arista Records and the first studio album after the band returned to live touring following nearly a two-year hiatus. It reached number 28 on the Billboard album. It retrieved gold album status. Uh, Yeah, so so what's cool about this album is that... Side one has five songs, where side two is one long song, uh, you know, which is very cool. Yeah, dude, that's the fucking... Terrapin Station is anyone who hasn't heard The Dead, if you just went, here, this is a good one. Yeah. And that with, within that 22 minutes and 39 seconds, or however long the song is, they do they show you, like, everything, everything they, they can fucking do. That's a That's such a... Most songs at that length, like, it, it, at some point you would just get tired of. But not this one because it's different all the way through. Yeah, like, even, like, Shine On You Crazy Diamond kind of has those, like, repetition things that happen. Right. This song, like, it's like a fucking train. Like, it never passes the same point twice. It just keeps going. Yep. Um, so, moving on to 1987, In the Dark, which doesn't have a great album cover no, but it's, great. it's a fucking great album cover what are you talking about they're in the dark that, yeah, they're in the dark that reached number six. Oh, it didn't get number one mm-hmm. number okay. I, knew, I knew that in the 80 that one in the 80s made it up there. 1987 in the dark um and in the, 1989 they have dylan and the dead which i have which was just re-released that is one of the worst recordings ever why do you not like that oh it's bad the playing on it is bad and it's too they just don't work together yeah, it will. It, it's gotten just terrible reviews from everybody. Yeah, well, have you ever listened to it? No. Okay. Yeah, I, I would say that's unlistenable. Unlistenable. Oh yeah, it, but no. it, it was U.S. Gold number. Doesn't, that doesn't yeah. mean anything. It does not mean anything. So their last album was called "Without a Net," um, and it's a recording of a Grateful Dead in concert. Actually, mm. haven't listened to it. But I listened to a lot of their box sets. You don't need to listen to really anything after about 1979. So you're saying Shakedown Street is the last one to go. I, even that one's a little rough. What about Go to Heaven or Reckoning? Click, look at the cover of Go to Heaven and tell me if you would listen to that. Ooh. They look like the Bee Gees. Yeah. <laughs> well, Shakedown shake Street, they kind of like did a disco type thing. Yeah, it's kind of, I mean, it looks like. Something you'd see in Mad Magazine, yeah. Cartoon and thing. They, I mean, they had they didn't care though, like because they knew live they would go play live, and it didn't fucking matter. Yeah, but in the eighties they started doing like Jerry started messing with MIDI stuff and like adding bird noises to songs and like made his guitar <laughs> sound like a fucking keyboard and stuff. Yeah, but I mean they were always like inventive and intuitive, like they were always trying something new, but. 
they were always a powerhouse live band. I wish that's the band I wish I could go back in time and see. I would love to have seen them in like 73, 72 to like 76. Okay. When they were just a fucking force live. So what about this Dick's Picks? Do you know about this? Dave's yeah, Picks man. Or Dick's so Picks? that's like a series that's been around for probably 20 years or so. Right. Probably longer than that, probably 30. But uh-huh. yeah, they're all like soundboard recordings. Because everyone, like if you go to a Grateful Dead show, we saw it even at the one you and I went to. All the microphones up in the crowd. Oh, yeah. So people yes. record all the shows and then they have a big tape trading thing that happens outside yeah. of the show. Like online and stuff like that, but yeah, the Dick's picks are all like sound soundboard recordings of, uh, I guess elite. Great. Yeah, it looks show. like he's about to come up this year that on his thirtieth volume, uh, f- which will be this year, February twenty sixth, nineteen seventy seven, in San Bernardino, and January second, nineteen seventy, Fillmore East. Yeah, two. I mean, that's the era right there. You're not going to see any Dick's picks, nineteen eighty six. No Dick picks. I'm looking to see if there's any Texas ones. There's well, a Wichita, Kansas one, which would be awesome. Uh, they did one on Record Store Day a couple of years ago that was from Houston. In, did I not get that one? <clears throat> you don't have it in here. Weird. It's got like a desert scene on it. There's a cattle skull. I don't and remember it. Skeleton like riding a, cha- a carriage. Yeah. I huh. think that's from like 76 or 78. Mm. I have that. It's good. Okay. Dude, in my fucking record collection, like where they're alphabetical and you get to the Grateful Dead section, yeah. I've probably got about that many deep. So about a foot and a half? Probably, yeah. I would say probably 40. Okay. Yeah, I only have, I mean, I have a set, but I don't know, 10 there? Yeah, probably like nine. Nine, there you go. Nine times. Nine times. I don't remember Ferris being absent from school nine. nine times. That's because he wasn't sick. He was skipping school. Skipping school? Wake up and smell the coffee, Mrs. Bueller. What's your favorite Grateful Dead album? You know what? I Every time I look in there, I do Workman's Dead or Terrapin Station. It's the only ones I usually ever pull out. There. I got to get you Box of Rain. That's the fucking... That's the cover where... There's multiple things that start to happen when you look at it. There's, really? Yeah, there's hidden... It's f- called Box of Rain? The album is called American Beauty. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, I don't have that one. I actually have... I'm trying to remember if I've ever seen that in the wild. That's the... the I mean, that's... I go back between that one and from the Mars Hotel for my favorite studio albums from them. No, I, do you, how often do you listen to them? A lot. I listen to them a lot at work. Okay. Just because I can go find a live recording and I can, like, five hours will go by. Because they didn't play an hour concert. Like, an hour dead concert, someone's sick. Those guys play for, like, three and a half, four hours. Yeah, well, yes. For the longest time. Like, for decades they did that. So they do what they love. I listen to them a bunch. Shauna doesn't like them at all, so I don't listen to them around her so much. <laughs> but I would say I probably listen to The Grateful Dead once a day. Okay. That's good. Yeah, I love them. No, they're good. They're good stuff. I, I didn't, for a long time, I didn't like them. Up until I was probably maybe 21, 20 or so, I didn't get it. I was like, man, this is fucking nerd noodling music but then i just realized i was listening to the wrong shit you were listening to all that 80s 80s i was i was and then i went oh what's this fucking 
Oxo Moxo album, and then my fucking head almost exploded. I was like, holy shit. So we've asked this question before. Uh, is there anybody in the Grateful Dead, Jerry Garcia, Lesh, Weir, would you put in like, these are the top vocalists, the top guitarists, the top keyboard, top bass people of all time, top drums? Like to go along with, you know, like the people. greatest ever? Yes. I would put Phil Lesh and Jerry Garcia in, in the pretty high up on the probably definitely Jerry definitely in the top fifty of guitar players. What about vocalists or frontmen? Uh no, that's the thing with the Grateful Dead. There's they, no frontman. Well, they had a guy. Yeah. But like they were all kind of the frontmen because they all had that communal thing happen. You right. Know, like they weren't that what they weren't about that's not what was that wasn't their focus. Yeah. Like sometimes Bob sang a song. Sometimes Jerry would sing a song. For the longest day, Pigpen was their singer forever. Yeah. Until he died. And then, you know, it. I, but Jerry, though, is like, from a technical standpoint, like he was not super fast and like he was very fluid. But he, everything he always played was very, very musical. Like he wasn't up there trying to show you, oh, look how big my fucking dick is. Right. I'm going to fucking blast out He wasn't these... Brian Johnson. <laughs> well, but he didn't, ha- but he didn't, he didn't have, have to. to be. He was just, he, that guy was so fucking, that guy couldn't have done anything other than music. Like, he, it just was him. It came, it came right out of him. Yeah. And every time you watch him play, even if he's like, he hits a bunch of bad notes and stuff, but it's like, as a musician, if you just keep playing the same thing over and over and over and over and over again... You're either going to lose like your passion for it, or you're just going to become so disinterested in it where it starts to affect like right. your writing and stuff. Yeah, and with them, it didn't that didn't take over for you know twenty something years. They were always kind of churning out really, really Good stuff and and albums that were very different from the previous one. Right, like Terrapin Station doesn't sound anything like you know Bo- uh, American Beauty. Yeah. Sonically, they sound the vocals sound the same and the guitar tones, but songwriting wise, it's a one eighty. <laughs> they're like a they're they're like a fucking prog band here. Like this isn't far off from like Rush. They're good, yeah. Because there's no traditional like the time signatures are very weird, right? Those are experimental shit. They're killer, man. They're fucking great. Band. So who's still alive? Bob Weir still alive? Yeah, Bob Weir, Mickey Hart. Mickey Hart. Bill Kreutzmann. But Jerry, Phil, and Pigpen are Phil, dead. Phil's still alive, but Phil doesn't play with them. Okay. And Pigpen died in the 70s. Correct. And Jerry Garcia in the mid-90s. Uh, Rob Hunter? Robert Hunter's dead. Uh, I think he's. I think Robert Hunter's dead. What about the God the, the God shows, Keith and Donna Jean? They're probably still alive. They, I think they were only on like two or three okay. albums. But two John or- Perry Barlow? Or Constantin? Well, see, like, so when we went and saw them, they got O'Teal, Burbridge playing bass. Yeah. You know, John Mayer in there. But they, and Bob so, Weir. But do you remember for a long time they had Trey Anastasio played with them? Yes. And then they had remember. Jimmy Herring. They've had a lot of people post-Jerry because yeah. who's going to do that? But I'll tell you what, John Mayer does a fucking... Great job. Yeah, the vocals, not so much, but the guitar playing. So good. Yeah, he's probably the best guitar player they've had that's been in there since Jerry. He plays those parts perfect. Yeah, no, it was good. And it's, I mean, I wonder what it was like with him touring with them. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, 
He he always did these interviews and stuff where he became this like more enlightened person. Like he quit drinking, right? And then he would in interviews he would say that like, man, it's, this is just one of the most like spiritual, you know, things I've ever done. And every day, you know, we don't know what songs we're going to play. And you know, as a musician, you know, you to be able to have this catalog of songs to pick through with these guys. And, and play them. These guys have been playing these songs for 40, 50 years. Right. And then I get to get up there and play these songs with them. Yeah. Because he probably played those when he was growing yeah, up. Huge yeah, huge fan. I mean, like, massive fan. It's cool. Yeah, it's real fucking cool. I mean... So, if you were to tell people who know Grateful Dead but don't know Grateful Dead and they want to get into it, what two albums do you recommend them buying first? Europe, 72. Okay. The three, the triple live album. Okay. And American Beauty. Okay. There you go. Then that's the correct answer. <laughs> and that's the correct answer. Yeah. No, no, that's it. Okay. Um, all right. Grateful Dead. I think that wraps up our show. Hopefully we will be back next week, right? Yeah. We're back on the weekly now. Good. Good. We're back on the weekly. Like an irregular period. We're going to come in your ear pussies. Ooh, your ear muff. <laughs> the muffs. Come back. Full circle. Uh, this is the Unbalanced Note. Follow us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. We're on BoomstickComics.com. I'm Brian Kluger. And then there's Jacob Douglas, the man of the hour. You can find him on Instagram at Scrumchalescence, uh, hanging out. Or you can go visit him at Good Records where you can buy some records from him. And uh, you, can buy, you can buy that Peaches first album. <laughs> Fuck the pain away. Fuck the pain away. I had friends who thought that song was called Fuck the Fade Away. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Damn, that's good. Fuck the. I, I feel like that's like a Weird Al song. Fuck yeah, the fade fuck away. the fade away. But I wonder if he oh, would I'm ever Leo. say fuck the fade away. No, he, he wouldn't because he, he doesn't curse. No, he does not. He doesn't need to. He doesn't. He's an intelligent he, person. He's a good guy. Only only idiots curse. Yeah. Do you? I curse constantly. We're idiots. Yeah, total idiot. Uh, but yes, Grateful Dead. Um, you got you're the best around. Go find that from Joe Esposito and Bill Conti. Well, I wonder if the Dead ever covered that. <laughs> uh, you're the best It's got the right attitude and vibe Dude, if Joe Esposito and Bill Conti went with the Grateful Dead That'd kind of be cool, probably Yeah, oh my I'm goodness. telling you, it's got the positive message That the dead deadheads are looking for There you go uh, We'll be back next week, and we love you